When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Carabao Red. It was a dour Carabao Cup exit for Nottingham Forest. They lost one at home to Burnley last night in a game with precious little attacking threat from either team. We'll discuss that, a frenzy of potential transfer activity, a new shirt sponsor and a new chairman in the company of, first of all, Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good afternoon. How are you? Good, thanks, chaps. Just about over yesterday's game. I was half expecting a ball draw and then some drama in the penalty shootout, but yeah, not, not to be. No. Sorely lacking, but there you go. We'll discuss that anyway. Uh, and our second guest today is a debutant, a rare debutant, a new signing, if you will, on the eve of transfer <laughs> deadline day in the form of BBC Radio 5 Live's Charlie Slater. Charlie, you covered the game last night and you've done a couple of other Forest matches. Good to have you with us. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, just about, as, as Temp said, um, just about over the uh, excitement of last night's game. Um, would have put a glass eye to sleep, I think. It's, uh, yeah, happy to be here. Good. Yes. Indeed. In fact, why don't you kick us off with just elaborating on those general thoughts? A very dour cup game, sorely lacking in entertainment. What did you make of it overall? Yeah, well, there were 17 changes made between the two teams and it looked like a game where, you know, there were 17 changes made. It, it, it was disjointed. And I think in the last sort of 10 minutes of the game or so, but well, 20 if you include all of the stoppage time because of those horrible injuries to the Burnley lads, uh, you you started to see, oh, OK, this is what a Premier League encounter will look like between these two. There are some Premier League quality players in the squads and and they only were really introduced, not all of them, there were a few dotted about, but only really introduced towards the end of the game. And, and the game picked up at that point and, then it, and it felt like there might have been a winner. But the game was so poor all night long that it always felt like if there was going to be a goal, that that would probably be enough to to see whoever got the goal win the game. Um, and as it turned out and transpired, it was it was Burnley who, who got that goal. Um, but it was a horrible game. Forrest never man- managed a, a shot on target all night long. And my halftime report on Five Live was something to the effect of, horrible game, there's not been a shot on target at this point. And to coin a phrase from Brian Clough, it's not the worst game of football that I've ever seen, but it's in the top one. Um, <laughs> it was a horrendous game. It certainly was. Um, before the match, Temps, there was a bit of conjecture and discussion around team selection and formations, and we'll get into formations separately, but team selection, could Cooper have done much different? We didn't realise at the time, but Danilo and Mangala were injured. He wanted to rest some key players. With hindsight, was that that team from 1-11 to 11 in terms of personnel, was that all right with you? We, we knew there'd be heavy rotation, but I think... I wasn't alone in hoping we'd, we'd try a more progressive setup and a more progressive style. I was trying to construct an argument even after the 11 that uh, was named that Montiel or Aurier or um, who was on the left side, Nico Williams could have perhaps been more advanced and, and made a shape more akin to a 4-3-3 or a, or a 4-5-1. So I, th- I think it was an opportunity missed in that we rotated into the, the shape that we've used on the road to block free-scoring opponents. We conceded the ball to Burnley. We seen intent on sitting in behind them. But the, the thing that worried me most was we, we couldn't retain it. There, there wasn't any notable period of possession or um, notable period where we strung three, four, five passes together and tried to um, move them around and, and break their shape. So, yeah, just, just a really passive performance for me. There was a, a lack of uh, quality on the ball in in central midfield where Forrester outnumbered. I'm excited by Andre Santos. I love Ryan Yates, but they, they couldn't quite establish a platform um, for us. So uh, with hindsight, as Chaz said, the better players, the Premier League game breakers came on in half an hour to go and um, could have impacted the game if, if, if they'd have been in there from the start for sure. But there's still um, a big gulf between our best 11 and our second 11. And I think the activity of the next 48 hours is going to look to address that. 
just to chime in on on the the amount of changes and things like that i've only just left i've spent more time with steve cooper i think in the last 12 to 15 hours than i have my wife um uh, and i spoke to him after the game last night I spoke to him again this morning um and and he did say in his in his press conference that he had to make more changes for the game than he was actually hoping to do because of, as as you mentioned a few a few moments ago, injuries to Danilo and, and to Mangala and people like that. He didn't want to have to make seven changes. Burnley made 10 changes, um, but he, he didn't want to make the seven changes that he had to make, but was kind of forced into it in the end because of those injuries and a couple of fatigue issues as well. Now you've seen him a couple of times, Charlie. Is um, I mean, bore attention throughout the team is a major issue, I feel. Even with the centre-halves, they don't pop the ball into midfield well. The passes last night were sloppy. They were square and behind men. In the Premier League, they've got to be better in that area, haven't they? Yeah, but I, and I think that's one of the areas that they're looking to strengthen. Um, Cooper doesn't often give much away in his press conferences about signings and things like that. But even on the record an hour or so ago, um, he said that they are very close to getting Murillo and Nuno Tavares in the door. Um, he, he then went, oh, I hope I've not jumped out, jumped ahead of it too quickly because you never know with transfers. But he, he said it on the record, which is, as I say, is, is a rarity for any manager. Um, and, and Murillo is a centre-half, um, 21 years old, I, I believe, from Corinthians uh, down in Brazil um, and highly rated. But then again, you know, 21 years old, from the other side of the world in Brazil, who knows how he'll adapt straight into um, a, a Premier League side uh, where it is so unforgiving. And, you know, Tavares is, is a fullback from Arsenal. Um, but Felipe was back on the bench last night. Um, so I don't think it'll be too long before you see him back into the, the, the defensive rotation there. And, and we know that he can pick a pass better into, into the midfield and pick a pass more generally better speaking as well. So, yeah, it's, it's such an important part of the game isn't it and both teams last night were trying to play out from the back and and didn't do it to to great effect at all for the the vast majority of the night um but i i think with the 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 way that they're trying to strengthen before tomorrow's deadline and and with felipe back in there as well i would be more encouraged by that Mm. there's a lot of debate online temps about saying we were too we sat too deep and you know we played too defensive i didn't really see it that way in terms of we did try and press them and we, we just didn't retain the ball or make enough of it. And there's obviously the debate around a back four and a back three. Where do you sit on that long term? And can a back three still play good football, do you think? I think we need to have both of our sleeve because when we're playing against lesser opposition, we, we need to have uh, a, a better plan to retain the ball and, and build attacks, especially if, if Brennan Johnson leaves in the next 48 hours. We saw the pace of Ilanga last night, but he's not as fully formed as Brennan. His production in terms of goals and assists isn't the same as Brennan. So for me, we we do need to find a way to play where we can retain the ball and have a style more akin to what we saw from Steve Cooper in the Championship, where we did earn the right to play and we were defensively solid. But in the second half of games, we were, you know, we had some relentless dribblers in there. It It wasn't um, you know, without the need to have these these ball carriers taking the ball 30, 40 yards, getting to the byline or playing through balls. But I just think there are times when, as Bernie did last night, you need to retain the ball. It's okay to recycle it, to pass square, to to find the to find the wide man or whatever else. And we suffered last night because there was a, a two in there against a three. They were outnumbered and Burnley were quite comfortable stuffing our attacks. Willie Bolly had a bit of an off day. His his passing was particularly um poor. Uh I'm not I'm not digging him up in particular. We know what he's in the in the squad for. He's going to win headers and tackles when backs are against the wall for 25 minutes. But he's not the profile of defender that's going to stride out and, and launch an attack. I hope Marillo is that hasn't played a lot of football as as Charlie um hinted to there and he's got to get used to a new culture. But he is, uh, he, he's got a cultured style. He doesn't panic in possession. He looks to find feet. So, yeah, two things need to happen for me. We're going to need a, a, a plan for five at the back for games against the top six. We need a more progressive style to play against lesser teams. And the profile of the players within that 11 need to be that little bit more comfortable on the ball for me. 
yeah, Willy Bolly, man of the match in consecutive games in some ways. He was given it last night, but I wasn't seeing that. But he was great on Saturday, so not to get him out, as Tem says, it's just swings and roundabouts. A couple of debutants in the team, Andre Santos and Montiel. Charlie, what did you make of Santos? A lot of fanfare around him. Yeah, I think it was a difficult night to bed yourself in with, with, with so many changes. Um, it was crowded in the middle of midfield and didn't often manage to find uh, the space that he perhaps will have wanted to. Um, but you see there's little flashes there where you can obviously see there's there's a player. It's not that long ago since, you know, Chelsea spent quite a lot of money on him. Um, 17 million in January, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, tell me if I am. Um, there's, there's, there's definitely a player. Um, but I'm not sure last night was the the perfect canvas for him to be able to paint his masterpiece. I would imagine there's there's more to come and better to come. Yeah, certainly. It was funny he got me and me and Temp throughout the game. So it was funny how he, he got a little round of applause for a ten yard pass three or four <laughs> times when he started. But he did. You know, I thought he grew into it nicely. And there was that move in the second half which put a languid huge at the heart. So positive signs there. On Montiel, a few people messaged us to ask why we haven't mentioned the allegations against him after signing. So we should highlight them here. There is an allegation. Uh, of rape against him back in Argentina, according to numerous media reports. Uh, he denies any wrongdoing. And in response to an article by The Athletic, Forrest did issue a statement saying the club has conducted due diligence and we, have, we are fully satisfied following conversation with his representatives. Uh, as it stands, no charge has been made. And if he is charged, then Forrest has got a decision to make because they've entered into this agreement and it could blow up in their faces. But as it stands, he's free to keep playing. So we'll carry on to his performances. Temps, 70 minutes. It was a weird formation. I couldn't tell where he was playing style with. He seemed to settle in as a as a right back. What did you make of him overall? Yeah, we were trying to work out the shape early on, weren't we? Because there were times when Aurier was playing as an orthodox right back and Montiel was trying to push forward in possession. Clearly not on quite the, the right wavelength for the minute. He was trying to play channel balls in behind for Ryan Yates to run onto, which wouldn't have been um, too welcome. So he'll become more familiar with his teammates. I think his body of work before arriving at Forest demonstrates the quality that he's got and the, the calmness uh, under pressure. One of the concerns with him is his English is worse than Danilo's. So imparting the nuances of tactical style and game plan um, to someone who's just landed in a in a foreign climb is, is a tough thing. He'll take time to adapt um, as all of our overseas signings did last year. So more to come, but I I think he, he's been signed to start games. He's been identified as a player that can uh, prove the eleven. So we'll see more and more of him. I thought he was he was tenacious and, and solid enough last night without looking entirely comfortable going forward and without having any real meaningful um, possession. So I'm reserved judgment, but his his past experience is indicative of the level that this fella has reached. He scored the winning penalty in a World Cup final. Um, he he will become an important player for Forest and put pressure on Serge Aurier. Needs to familiarise himself and acclimatise himself um, to the lifestyle he's now going to lead and the, and the style of play at our football club. Yeah, I'm not reading too much into his performance or too much into last night. I know there's been a bit of a meltdown about it, but we'll forget about this game if we get a result against Saturday, on Saturday or against Burnley. It wasn't great. Um, there were a couple of positives for me. I thought Chris Wood had a good game again and looks much, much fitter. And Aguilera came off the bench and did pretty well. Any positives that you would take account of it, Charlie, if he was Steve Cooper? Uh, he got some he got legs in, he got some minutes into some legs that would otherwise not have those sort of minutes in a competitive fixture. Um Yates he broke into the box really well for that header that he he just put wide and, and and if he scores that just the very nature of football games obviously turn on little moments like that if ryan yates scores that header as he as he breaks into the box and, and makes a good uh, you know run from the, the deep line midfield position he's probably man of the match and everybody's lauding him and people are you know throwing themselves in the trend because that's what the song says um so um i i thought yeah, Chris Wood, he, he lasted not he didn't last longer than I thought he was going to, but I, I thought he got got a good amount of minutes into into Chris Wood last night before he substituted uh, near the end. And going back to the the Sheffield United game, obviously the the late winner from Wood. When I spoke to Steve Cooper afterwards, he he really spoke about how he wants everybody to get behind um, Wood this season and and the kind of 
difference he can make. And I also spoke to Paul Heckingbottom after the game, and 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 he, you know, sort of picked out Chris Wood as as as, a, as an example of how far the Blades still have to go to be able to compile a Premier League squad. He said, we're, you know, we're bringing all due respect to academy kids off the bench who are 19 years old and Forrest were bringing off the bench uh, that night. It was Chris Wood who, who scored more than 50 goals in the Premier League, Ryan Yates and, uh, and, and Anthony Alanga. And he used that as an example of how far they've still to go. So I think he's going to, I don't think he's, he's, he's going to compete at the moment, certainly not with the, the sort of rich vein of form that Taiwo Awanee is in. Um, but he's, he's going to be, in Premier League games, an important player that they can bring off the bench, a, a proven goal-scoring record. And the fact that they were able to get as many minutes into his legs last night is a positive as well. It's tough to look at too many positives from last night, though, to be honest with you. It was an awful game of football. And, and Cooper himself last night was really bothered by it. You know, I actually said to him in the tunnel afterwards, I said a lot of people could just write this off and go, well, look, it's the League Cup, who cares? But that isn't the emotion that I'm getting from you. And he was like, no, it isn't. It wasn't good enough. We were nowhere near the standard last night. He was he was bothered by it last night. Um, so he'll have, he'll have tried to take some positives out of it, but I'm not sure it was an evening where you can grab too many positives. It was an evening where, great, you got some minutes into some legs that wouldn't otherwise get them. Move on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Agreed. Agreed. It was good for me. I believe we got a decent reception when he came off because he's, he was borderline booed on a couple of times. So I'm glad he's winning fans over. A quick point on Yatesy temps. We noted at the time, one consistent area where he lacks, lets himself down is he misses a lot of chances, doesn't he? If he could add goals to his game at this level, then he would be one of the first names on the team sheet every week, I think, wouldn't he? It was a beautifully timed run, wasn't it? And I think the nature of his position allows himself to ghost into the box if we are going to have production from wide areas. I think Ilanga is, is going to be far more get to the byline and, and, and cross it, stand it up, than the, the Brennan Johnson, slightly more direct route, looking to score as a, a get a shot on target before he considers the, the cross. So I think that there's there's potentially the the profile there if we had Hudson Adoy as well to to get more balls into the box and you actually could benefit from that. But yeah, it's it's not the um uh the, the finest part of his game, is it? Hence why we don't swim in the trend all that often. Um someone's asking in the comments, Charlie, when's Mangala back? Did Cooper say anything in his press about Danilo and Mangala? No, he didn't. Um he <laughs> have to be Somewhat careful about what I say here because some of it is embargoed until later today. So while yeah. I figure out which bits were embargoed in my head and I feel while I feel while I'm saying this. Um, but <laughs> no, he, he, he did filter. Come on, talk uh, without filter. He, no, he, 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 didn't, he didn't mention how long Mangalo would be out for. He did mention the injury to Danilo, but that's embargoed until later today. So it wouldn't be for me to say what that is right now. We shall find out soon. Soon enough, <laughs> soon enough. Uh, last point on the game, a real gripe of mine. Why are we smashing it long? And smashing it wasn't the user words in the using the show notes. Why are we smashing it long when as soon as eleven minutes of injury time go off? If it if it was the old school three minutes, then okay, smash it long. But we're just wasting time. And that brings me to one last point as well. Temps Turner's kicking is a, probably a weak point. Really good shot stopper. Good command of his area. If he was a goalie twenty years ago before back passes, he'd be spot on. But we did see a little chink in the armor for the first time last night, perhaps didn't we? Yeah, he's not ever comfortable on the ball. And I thought Muric, who was bang average at Forest, was was probably my man of the match last night. Not for anything he did spectacularly well with his hands, but they were able to launch so many attacks and bypass, bypass the, the first Forest line through his incisive passes, through his one Did you watch Muric in the first half last night? 
passing. <laughs> he was all over the shop. Norwich's distribution in the first half last night. Jazz, look at his stats. Ball completed passes. Yeah, only because the ball was there a lot and he managed to pass it eight, ten yards. But that first first half an hour of the game, he was all over the shop at the back, Murich. Sorry, but you were talking. I apologize. Yeah, no, different, 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 different perspective. I, I, I thought he was very effective at drawing the man and find, finding feet. He didn't go long unless it was a, a, a last resort. Very aware of his his fullbacks, Charlie Taylor in particular, very comfortable on the ball. Um, and yeah, his his accuracy of distribution was far superior to Turner's, who did resort to the lump. Often it was misguided as well. Chris Wood pulled the ball out of the sky and flicked in a langer um, start the second half. And it was the best of Chris Wood who can cope with that kind of ball. Rewind a year. We started a game at Man City with Jesse Lingard, Morgan Gibbs-White and Brennan Johnson up front and we were lumping it aimlessly. There were too many uh, long balls, last resort balls from Turner last night, aimed at 5 foot 11 wingers rather than the brute that we've got down the middle. So that's, that's something he needs to adapt to and become aware of. I just wonder if the, if the Greek keeper is, is coming in not as a backup but to be a, a genuine competitor to Turner if not slightly ahead of him. The massive strength we've seen is two one-on-ones and that those, those instincts with the hands appear to be there, appears to be a solid enough keeper. There's just been a few instances for me where um, the distribution has been well off and he hasn't quite commanded the six-yard area, the best example being the corner that flashed across the box and Casemiro made a mess at the, at the back stick against Man United at the weekend. So, yeah, I, I do want to be proved wrong on this. I want Turner to be as safe a pair of hands as Henderson was, Brief Samba was, um, and the the our friend from Costa Rica at the back end of, of last season. Now no, that's I'm I'm just jury's still out a little bit for me, but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take you on on Murich. I, I thought his his pass completion, pass through lines, and his calmness under pressure was quite impressive last night. Good to have a disagreement every now and then. Don't mind that at all. That's fine. Uh, just quickly then on Chelsea, we won't discuss it too much because we literally don't know what the squad's going to be in terms of who's going to be here, who's going to not be here. Um, Charlie, thoughts on the game? It's going to be a much changed team, isn't it, regardless? I mean, we're going to have a one-year Gibbs-White and the like coming back to make it a totally different you know, picture overall. Yeah, they'll go back to the, the the Premier League eleven, whatever that eleven is. By by this point, who knows? Um, he was Cooper was asked repeatedly last night and this morning about whether or not he's planning to have Brennan in that eleven or not. And you know, as you'd expect, straight batted all of those questions back. Um, they're, they're being pretty non-committal on it at the moment, um, and and the the kind of stance on it is he's a Forest player, and there's no news to tell you about, and so. All the players coming in slightly later today because of the late game last night, and they'll start preparing for for Chelsea as per usual. Albeit the the staff will will be will be planning um, for different permutations. I would think with with Chelsea in mind, with the window shut in at, at you know eleven o'clock the night um, before. Um, so look, it's another horrible away game, isn't it? You know, you do you do feel like, and I know Steve Cooper's. And a lot of anyone to do with Forest has has talked about the the start to this season um, so far as the the hand they've been drawn with the with the run of a, uh, away games. It's I don't want to say it's unheard of because it probably has happened before, but it can't have happened very often. When you run through the list of it's six of the first seven away Premier League games is Arsenal, City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. Um, and and one other, it's 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 a crazy run. It's a, a crazy run to start the season, and they've shown real improvements. I think already in their away form, um, scored more goals, scored three goals now away from home. I think it took until the new year last season to have scored three goals away from home. Um, so while mindful that there have been improvements there, you also have to consider still not got any points out of those improvements. Um, though you don't want to speak too soon. I would say United away, Arsenal away so far. Maybe Chelsea away is marginally more favourable than than those two. I don't know, but it, it'll be tough again, won't it? It'll be, it'll be a really tough trip. Yeah, I think to me it's probably tougher than United. I think Chelsea, 
they come off the back of that Luton game, which was too easy for them. And I think that'll give them a bit, a bit of confidence. I feel it's a tougher one, personally. Any players, Temps, not a full 11, but any players who didn't play last night who will come in for you like Worrell and any players who did play last night that might keep their shirt like maybe Montiel? Obviously, Santos can't play, but what any different players that haven't featured so much in the Premier League so far? Um, I don't think anyone made quite the, a, a case in the way that Worrell and Bolly did in the corresponding fixture at this stage of the Cup. Um, last season, where the, the rotation gave them a chance to to shine, and they and they grabbed it. I think there's a narrative building around um, Chris Wood in a positive manner. I think he can be that 20 minute man. Um, although with the the current state of added time, a 70 minute sub is going to have a 30 minute impact on the on the game. So, I think Chris Wood has reported for preseason in good shape, determination. He's he's had that early contribution at, at home a couple of weeks ago. So I think he's the one whose whose stock is rising uh, amongst the the current squad. Uh, Bolly, it's a horses for courses thing. There, he he could drop out for me and get Joe Orl in there, given that Nia Carte is the is the is the first pick and is now match fit and Felipe's um, knocking on the door too. Uh, Montiel. It depends what he decides to do with Serge Aure, doesn't it? I think it, at, at this stage, Serge may just get the just, may just get the the nod. It's going to be a back five um, again at Chelsea. So so no no clear cut winner for me, but a, a narrative um, growing I think around Chris Wood, who who could have a a real positive impact this season, even if he is firmly entrenched behind Taiwo. You're right about Nia Kate. That was one thing we missed, that to have him coming through 90 minutes and looking sharp or sharpish, as sharp as anyone looked last night, is is a positive. And I'm sure he's you know, touched wood a fixture in the team now. Uh, quick plug as kind of slash commercial break before we move on to transfers. Uh, do vote for us in the Football Content Awards if you can. Link in the description after being shortlisted last year. It'd be great to get your support again. Um, and also, happy birthday, Laura Mitchell. Hope you realise how lucky you are to be married to Greg. Uh, have a lovely day. And um, let's go on to transfers then. As Charlie said, Cooper pretty much confirmed uh, Tavares and Murillo. There's other names that are probably going to happen. Nicholas Dominguez is one. And I'm going to scroll down my notes and try and find the name of the goalkeeper. I can't find it. That's annoying. I wrote it. Odysseus Vaklimodos. Is that right, Charlie? It's as good of an attempt as I've heard. But thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> Is it the only attempt you've heard? No, before the press has started, a few people were trying their luck at it. And I think the general consensus was say it quickly and confidently and hope for the best. That's always the best way. Pretend you know exactly what you're doing. Walk into the bar like you belong there. Um, <laughs> Michi Batshuayi as well, if I didn't mention him. There's so many names. There's probably too many names as a talking point. Um, let's talk about midfielders' attempts. I'm a bit worried we're going to end up stockpiling players and we're creating another problem for ourselves, kicking cans down the road with Froehler going out on loan. Lewis O'Brien's gone to Middlesbrough on loan for the season. Dominguez could come in. Sangare still on the table. Be a great signing. And Didi, maybe. Uh, what's your overall take on midfield temps? Yeah, I, th- I think we're starting to have choice and uh, blends and options for all occasions. Sangari is the one that uh, excites me the, the most. I think he can be a uh, an immediate lift to the quality of the starting 11. It would be a really, really ambitious target to grab, given his standing and the fact that his team have just qualified for the Champions League. So he's the one that excites me the most. And John Percy's little line... Um, earlier today, I think has got quite a few Forest fans excited. It all, also, though, feels perhaps the most unrealistic. And I think making room um, in the in the salary budget by offloading three or four players is as important, if if not more, given the kind of um, potentially perilous state of of FFP. So, big thing for me is finding a system in which we can get three of these talented central midfielders onto the pitch at the same time, if we are going to make use of that stockpile, as you put it, in that particular position, I think we're stronger and have more depth there than we do at centre-half. So I just hope with that um, you know, relatively easier run of fixtures that 
um, we, we have in a few weeks' time. We, we find a way to get three of these guys on the pitch. Um, far more excited by Sangari than Ndidi. I wouldn't I wouldn't cry too many tears if if he slipped off the slipped off the radar. I think he's 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 perhaps peaked a couple of couple of years ago. Um but yeah, all eyes on PSV and the Sangari um, deal because plenty of top six clubs have considered paying the piper to get him into their side. And on the evidence of fixtures so far this season. We just just need that player who's that little bit more comfortable on the ball, able to play that that more progressive pass, and also a bit of a transfer of riches. We've decided we're going to cash in on this starlet right winger who has been a Premier League game breaker, and to reinvest that in in centre mid. Sangari's been a target for a, for a long, long time. It's probably going to go to the wire, and he probably does see himself at a a, a club with um with with Champions League pedigree but that's that's the one that really excites me of all the names that have been mentioned this is the way uh Vangelis Maranakis does business isn't it Charlie I mean he backs his managers and he says I'm going to give you the tools you go and use them in a way doesn't he yeah um there, there is that side of it the the recruitment in the sense of you can go out and, and at times get the players that you're after sometimes the players are provided for him um, uh, because there's a, an entire kind of recruitment process um, uh, where they'll look at players and go, right, we'll think that will be a good fit for, for, for Steve and, and, and the way they go. Um, <clears throat> interesting one, the Wilfred Ndidi stuff. Like Sangari, yeah, they've, they've been linked with him as Central Saint for a long old time now. And any time there's that much smoke, you would sense there's fire. And particularly when, if, if John Percy tweets about it, chances are it's, it's, it's right. Um, so, yeah, the Sangari one, is obviously going to be tempting. Um, Wilfred Ndidi I've seen quite a bit of because I was covering Leicester City for East Midlands today over the years. Um, and on his days, a really, really proficient footballer. Um, he had to play out of position quite a lot for Leicester over the last year or two, having to drop into defence when they've had issues in the, the middle of defence there. And I I do wonder whether or not players like that can, can become a victim of, um, you know, just turmoil at a football club uh, you know when 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 the football club is is going badly um as obviously things did last season for Leicester it's difficult to to stand out you could always make the counter argument of that as you know a great player is a great player and they'll stand out no matter what situation but I think it can be difficult to stand out um when things are, are going badly so I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily write him off as as if if he were to be a player that could come in um because I do think there's a there's a there's a quality footballer there in Wilfred Ndidi. I, I asked Steve earlier on as to whether or not he would need to get players out of the football club if he were to be able to bring in um, the footballers that he wants before tomorrow's deadline. Um, and he, I just sort of said from an FFP perspective, and, and he, like so many people, don't go fully into the depths and the intricacies and minutiae of, of FFP because it's so confusing. But he did say about balancing the squad, generally speaking, and then hinted at what he's trying to do is, and, and Temp, you've mentioned it a couple of times already, is have an adaptable squad that's able to play multiple systems and different systems. And at the moment, he's got a squad that he thinks they, they're at a level that can play um, a certain system. But what he's trying to do is bring in players that then allows them to be adaptable, three at the back, four at the back. And 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 that, I think, is the goal, this window. And into the next one as well, because these things aren't built overnight. I take you back to what I was saying about what Paul Heckingbottom said after the game at the City ground. It takes a while to be able to, to add the quality of footballer in the Premier League that is going to allow you to be able to play multiple systems. But that's what he's trying to do at the moment. And that will require, I dare say, more players to leave. But I think that's 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 likely. There will be other players that leave this football club before Friday. We're sort of back where we were last season again, aren't we, Temps? Where, again, I don't think he's going to know his best eleven, And it's going to take time to bed it in. And we're going to see, like, Tavares is going to be an explosive player down the left. But he'll need time to work out where he fits in. Murillo barely played a game professionally, but very highly rated. Are we going to need more patience, which seems to be a bit lacking this season in some of the comments I'm seeing, but are we going to need to bear this in mind? Well, if, I think it's an experiment that we'd all forgive him for. Like Charlie articulated it perfectly there. We've got to find a way to get three in midfield if we are going to dominate possession against lesser teams at home. So let's try it. Let's not go 
um, you know, five five two three, a version of against Burnley at home in the cup. Let's use that opportunity to be a bit more front foot, try these things, and then you know, if it's not quite there and that profile player is not not quite right, then address that while the while the window's open. I'd, I'd just have to echo everything that 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 Chaz said there. Really, you need to emerge once promoted from your first four transfer windows stronger than you were before it started. I think we've had two quite productive transfer windows as it happens despite the 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 axe falling on the the recruitment team a, a couple of times during that process we've increased our options we've become a, a more solid premier league outfit but we'd we'd forgive this experiment like we'd we'd forgive um trying these these formations these shapes that he aspires to play even if the personnel aren't perfect because I think if if time was replayed and we faced that Burnley side again, we 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 would make different changes. That's that's life. It's it's trial and error. The trial and error took a little bit too long last season, and we got to the point where a series of quite incredible results um, saved us uh, from relegation, and we we're able to go and enjoy ourselves at, at Crystal Palace. And I really hope that Cooper is backed gets the players that he feels he needs in the next 48 hours to make that step and become more comfortable with the ball because that will be um, levelled at us in hindsight if we find ourselves in two and three months' time still trying to play with the scraps, transition quickly, have three big lads at centre-half and you know, do very little with those central midfielders. I think that's his plan. It sounds like it's what he's articulated to Charlie and the other members of the media that he trusts and has regular interface with. But yeah, the message from me is I think we'd all forgive him if there was a failed experiment that was in the interest of getting there a little bit quicker. Yeah, I mean, long term, I hope it's a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. That's the longer term plan. But while we're playing these awful away games that Charlie mentioned, the back five makes sense. I'm not... I think it might have been a case of needs must with the midfield we lined up with last night. I'd still prefer to have seen a four, but I'm not getting chewed up over a Carabao Cup second round defeat personally. And we beat Sheffield United and we saw they're pretty dogged against Man City. So got and, and look, you got a rematch with Burnley in a couple of weeks when it really, really matters. Yeah. You know? be totally they, they come back to the city ground. If if you beat Burnley in the in the in the league after the international break at the city ground. Any anybody sweating about the League Cup? I know look the, the League Cup last season was a was a really good run. For, for Forest and it was a catalyst to be able to take some good stuff back into the Premier League as well. It's almost like one hand washed the other with it. Um, you're not going to have that this season, but at the same time, I think you've I, th I think there've been improvements already. From I, I've seen two Forest games in person this season so far, both at the City Ground, and and I, I've already seen enough to to suggest that there have been improvements. Yes, and I think we noted last night, Temps. There's some pretty bad teams at the bottom of the Premier League. You can see it already. You know, Luton look too early to judge, but they look short. Sheffield United look short of goals. Everton look short of everything. Wolves are short of players. I'm not panicked at all, to be fair. No, no panic. Completely agree with you. That bottom six almost has a, a, a pretty familiar look to it, doesn't it? With Sheffield United, Burnley and, and Luton down there. Uh, Everton, Wolves, Bournemouth, but you know we're we're 14th. We're still in touch with that group that we are determined to 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 motor away from. I think Luton could genuinely rival Derby for that lowest ever points return. I just just they looked pretty hopeless in the the games that they've played so far. So yeah, weaker league compared to last year, but we're we're a stronger Forest than we were at the start of last year. We've come so so far. And I, you know, I'm kind of checking myself off the back of my last answer, but there's a couple of people in the comments just reminding us where we were two years ago, and expectations increase pretty quickly. It's a you know a fickle business, and players come and go, and are, and are soon forgotten. And we have we all have this demand for uh, constant progress. We've we've made a lot of progress in the in the past two years, and every rung of the ladder you climb becomes that that little bit tougher. So. Let's see where we get to. But I, I'm more confident than I ever was um, last year that we're not going to be 
in that scrap in the bottom five, sweating into the final fortnight of the season, needing to pull off a win against the head to, to stay safe. We've we've made a lot of progress and hopefully there's more to come. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a mad meltdown after pre-season that I think has been shown to see completely over the top. And I think last night is probably similar. An isolated case that we'll, we'll move on from. Uh, Greg makes a good point in the comments. Luton haven't played at home yet and it could be a game changer for them. Like, we shouldn't we shouldn't judge our team or any other team until they played a significant amount of games. That's a fair point. Uh, there are 624 people watching across Facebook and YouTube and only 30 likes. So I'll be a horrible YouTube content creator and plead with you to give us a like because it would make a big difference if you can take a second to click on that. Let's move on to a couple of other issues before we go in the next 10 minutes shirt sponsorship they've announced a deal with kayoon sports uh an online asian betting company not that you'd have known that from forest press release uh it's not gone down very well temps what's uh you can give us your personal take if you want but also from a pr point of view is it a complete disaster or is there safety numbers because so many premier league clubs have got such similar deals what do you make of it Let's just be happy that our club is getting money for a valuable asset that it it couldn't exploit or chose not to exploit last season. I'm not personally opposed to the um, industry. It's very relevant for sports fans. And it's no surprise that sport does align itself with gambling brands and alcohol brands. So whilst I would prefer to um, have a, a partner from another sector, I completely understand why uh, that that brand has decided to pay the price to uh, support our football club. I don't think the ownership have any moral objection to the gambling industry. Their line was a financial one, and whoever was prepared to pay the price would get the asset on the, the front of the forest shirts. I'm probably slightly more encouraged that it's a brand that is not looking to exploit gambling in the UK. They don't operate in the UK. They don't have a license here. So let's just accept it for what it is, a successful commercial partnership that's going to help our football club sign players, pay wages and progress. All these players we're calling for, all these things we want to see at the ground, costs, money. Uh, The owner is bound by the constraints of FFP and this is a a positive um, impact on on our balance sheet. So no moral objection. Um, there are a couple of comedy elements to it. The fact that the guy who was quoted in the press release doesn't actually exist and there's no UK website and all the rest of it. But as British-based, match-attending fans of this football club, all that matters is someone has paid the price and we're able to make positive investment off the back of that. That's my take. Do we know roughly what the price is? It's upwards of six and a half million. It's more than that, isn't it? I would imagine. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it in that kind of eight to nine million pound bracket. There's only two more seasons in which Premier League clubs are allowed to promote um, gambling and gaming partners on the on the front of their shirts. That's a, a kind of self-inflicted rule to avoid any kind of regulation. So we'll probably still see gambling and gaming brands on, on shirts after that. But this is a, a two-year deal before it becomes um, impossible to, to do anything similar and it will have a yeah, real positive effect on our on our on our balance sheet. And that's that's all we should see it for as as fans. Brands align with sports that are relevant to the audience of that that sport. You know, I, I work with alcohol brands in in cricket and yeah, look, these these things um do do damage in in parts of society. There's there's no denying that, but it's 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 relevant to the audience. You know, I've I'm personally opposed to payday loans, potentially those kind of brands uh, more than more than than gambling and, and alcohol. Um, but yeah, they're our partner for the for the next two years, and let's spend that money wisely. I think personally, I'd rather we hadn't done it, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to. I don't think we could be holier than now about it. We've had eight 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 bet on our shirt. We've had loads of alcohol brands. Yeah, every we we've not. You want your team to be different and be better. And like the, the UNHCR thing was brilliant. But I think we see that Forrest are a commercial entity in the Premier League and they'll take the money. And Evangelos Marakis says case and they, they've met it. There are a lot of elements that you don't like about it. Like the fact they don't have a UK gambling. They don't have a UK website. The spokesman doesn't exist. 
it's all a bit i don't know it's above board but it's, it's disappointing but i think like you temps the average match going fan it has no bearing whatsoever on how they view the football club and how they view the game i think a lot of people online are understandably disappointed by it and no one wants to hear, no one wants to hear this but our football club and all football clubs at this level or the vast majority are subsidized like the amount of income that we generate for a football club would wouldn't cover the wages demanded of the quality of the players that we expect to see so you, you have to have a commercial partnerships program you have to have a way of aggregating your broadcast rights and and making that and then the, the third tier of it you have to have your match day revenue program which is us spending money on tickets and pints and the last pie and and, and whatever else is is on sale at the, at the city ground so those those three elements need to align to have a healthy financial ecosystem around a football club in addition to generous ownership and we're now making money hand over fist in the broadcast element of that the match day income is constrained only by the size of the city ground the commercial partnership program is positive and the ownership have demonstrated their ability and desire to to back us so there's you can see how that that commercial and financial plan is slowly getting towards the, uh, the the level of a sustainable Premier League club, which is all we've ever wanted to be. Did I say it's a bit shady? I wouldn't want to say that on here because I don't want to get sued, so I'll retract that if I did say it. Um, right, we can't Charlie's appointment, you know, the opinion really, because he's a BBC employee and we don't want to get him in hot water if people want to... Jazza loves an acker. He's just laughing for those who are listening, not not viewing, uh, listening on iTunes. I mean, I love an acker and I don't do very well on them. So, yes, we'll move on. Right. Another change in the boardroom is the departure of Nicholas Randall as um, chairman, but he remains on the board as a non-exec director to be replaced by Tom Cartledge, who's a long-term Forest fan, who's behind the company that um, was or eventually is hopefully going to redevelop the Peter Taylor stand. Charlie, what do you make of Nicholas Randall's um, legacy, if that's the word, I don't know, he's six years since as chairman. Yeah, as you say, six years. Um, and in that six years, he was the chairman when the football club got promoted. I think that's probably going to be in years and years and years to come. People won't delve into minutiae, they'll just look at it and go, He was the chairman when the football club got promoted back into the Premier League after all of these years. Um, personally, I've never had um, many dealings with, with Nicholas Randall Casey, but I, I have interviewed Tom Cartledge. Um, Spent about an hour with him, actually, when the, the, the plans were first announced, which is, what, four or five years ago now? Something like that. Um, I had a radio show at the time on, on BBC Radio Nottingham and, um, and and probably spent about an hour with him um, talking about those plans and his background in Nottinghamshire and in business and in being a Forest fan as well. Um, it's no coincidence that he's the chairman and he's also the man whose company is responsible for the redevelopment of the city ground and um, he said as much um he did an interview with east midlands today a couple of days ago and, and he said look read into it I'm paraphrasing here but he said read into it he said you know like i'm chairman and i'm also the the, the guy whose company's in, in charge of um redeveloping the city ground he also said that you know those plans were four or five years ago um when they were a championship club uh now the club's a premier league side and you see it last night, even for the second round of, of, of the Carabao Cup, where everybody who rocked up last night knew there was going to be a heap of changes. There was still 27, 28,000 people there. There's a lot of Premier League sides who won't get anywhere near that for Premier League matches. I was at Wolves the night before um, for their League Cup game against Blackpool. And while there were still plenty of, of Wolves fans in Molyneux, not the entire stadium was open. There was still, you know, that huge stand away to the left of the main stand at Molyneux. Not all of that was open. Um, so you can see now that the Forest are looking at it as a Premier League club. No, no business. It tempts will tell you. Like tempts a business person. Like he works in cricket. Nobody wants to turn fans away. Like if, if you've got people that want to come and buy tickets. Nobody wants to say, sorry, we can't sell you a ticket because we're already sold out. So there may have to be a slight revision of those plans from four or five years ago. Now that the football club is a Premier League uh, entity. Um, and, and look, Tom Cartledge tells the story of how he used to, you know, 
get into the city ground as a, as a kid 40 years ago, now living his dream, having to pinch himself. It's, it's, it's a nice story. It, it is a nice story to have a, a local guy done good from a family that's done good um, be, be helping to run a football club. Um, and I press box is just behind the director's box um, at the city ground last night. And I could see um, Tom, I'm pretty sure he was sat next to, to the, the outgoing chairman and how many people were coming past who he knew and were congratulating him and, and, and whatnot. Um, I think it's, it's always nice to have somebody with a real vested interest um, on the board. He, he has that, um, given that he, he grew up a Forest supporter. And I don't think it hurts as well that he is very, very much ingrained in the plans to redevelop the city ground because now you have him as the chairman. There's, there's hopefully in time, um, there'll, there'll hopefully be no excuse to, to not get the redevelopment plans uh, started at some point. Mm. And then Nicholas Randall sent Greg and Forza a nice letter as well, which I think we're all right to mention on here, saying that they hadn't always seen eye to eye, but it was important and a good positive relationship with them. So uh, I thought I'd mention that. Any words on Nick Randall uh, attempts before we depart? Just it was always very accessible, wasn't he? If you saw him in the Larwood or around town or at the cricket or wherever, he was always having his ear bent by Forest fans, always very happy to engage I think he gave instant credibility to the ownership uh, in, in, in a, employing a, a KC as chairman when they first arrived. We've seen the most remarkable transition of a generation at our football club in gaining promotion from the championship to the Premier League on Nick's watch. And certainly every interaction I've had with him, extremely approachable, very professional and genuinely cared about the project. And make no mistake, Keelif had some stresses behind the scenes as the buffer between executive staff and, and, and ownership. That's that's not an easy place to be, and he's passed the test of time. But a, a word on Tom as well. Horses for courses, you, you've now got one of the foremost experts in the city on capital projects and building works and design schemes and all the rest of it, leading your football club Um Met Tom a couple of times. He was at our pre-season dinner, actually, and, and, and similar to Nick, very approachable, um, a genuine Forest fan, and, yeah, two better chairs of our football club I'd, 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 struggle, to, I'd struggle to name. So transition at the right time, uh, in, in my view, given their, given their relative strengths. But, yeah, um, I suppose thank you to Nick and good luck to Tom. Excellent. Right. Uh, I think we'll leave it there. I don't think we've really got time for any other business. We've covered so much ground. We might be back tomorrow. I don't really know. We'll see how it goes with transfer deadline day. Otherwise, we'll be back on Monday uh, post Chelsea. Thanks very much to everyone who's commented. Uh, lots of division in the comments today, which is fine. Charlie, your debut has been a slightly controversial one with shirt sponsorship, a miserable defeat, uh, various other bits that people disagreed on. But hope you hope you enjoyed it. And thanks very much for being with us. No, pleasure. I, I think I managed to sit out most of the really controversial stuff. So, uh, yeah, no problem at all. Tempt you to call the bullets there. So uh, thank you for that. I'm not bound by BBC producer guidelines like um, like Charlie. Now he's a star. Some of it's not even being bound well. by BBC producer guidelines. Some of it's just not me wanting to get involved. <laughs> <laughs> Can we claim you as a Forest fan now, Chaz? Because I, I, I know secretly you're a... I know you're a Closet Man U fan, but you lent yourself to Notts County for a few years. Can we try and tempt you across the river? Uh, no, absolutely not. Um, I, I, the only reason I'm not wearing a knot shirt today to troll you all is because it was uh, in the wash. So uh, <laughs> I'll keep my I'll keep my uh, my soft spot on the other side of the river. But I obviously look. I, I cover all the clubs for my job as East Midlands today. So I work with Forest and Leicester and Derby and obviously Notts and Mansfield and everything else in between. And um, I have a soft spot for you all, and you'll hate that. And that'll be controversial in the comments. Probably. We've left it too late. <laughs> I'm sure it'll fester while we've gone. Uh, I, mean, I did compliment you on that um, that hoodie you're wearing as well that people won't see. So rather that than a not shirt, I must admit. <laughs> like I say, only because it was in the wash. Next time. Next time. Next time. Good. Yes, there'll be a next time. We'll definitely have you back. Um, in the meantime, we'll leave it there. We shall be back potentially tomorrow, as I say, but if not Monday. Have a good few days. Enjoy the Chelsea game. Chill out about last night and we shall see you soon.